Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When will sin, sickness, and death be all done away with? When will that happen? When you go to heaven. And the reason is because not only is the power of sin broken, but in heaven there is no sin. So if there's no sin, just follow me through, it's not hard. There'll be absolutely no sickness. And if there's no sickness, there's no there's no death. So between now and heaven, we still sin, we still get sick, and we're gonna die. The idea of living in a world where disease, pain, and death are no more is one of the most reassuring and hope-filled futures we can look forward to. For those of us who have experienced the loss of loved ones or witnessed their suffering, it's with a heavy heart that we long for such a place. In today's message, Pastor Mark encourages us by teaching us about the wonderful power of the cross and its power over sin. In our study, we learned that although we live in this fading world of sin, Christ has made it possible to overcome by simply calling on His name. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, God Provides Healing. Jesus said to that centurion, you expected me to say the word. That's the great faith. Because of that, go and this, your servant will be healed just exactly as you said. Just exactly as you expected. I want you to write this principle down. It's very powerful. We usually get about what we expect. What are you expecting in your life today? What are you expecting God to do in and through you? You see, so often we live way under what God wants to do. We get in a rut. We get in a routine so much so that we don't even think about the power of God anymore. What can you expect God to do in and through you? You know, this this movement called Calvary Chapel, just one of many wonderful movements in the world, was started on ventures of faith. But it's not about the big church. We have all kinds of things we're going to talk about tonight. But here's what happened. When we get a little settled and, and kind of think we've arrived, we're just status quo. We're fine. We're Christians. We're going to heaven. We come to church. We do it. But the, there's no expectancy of God doing something. When is the last time you opened your Bible and went, God, what do you want me to do today? What's going to happen? I expect some incredible things from you, God. What do you want? This week I was out to lunch. 
And I prayed that morning. God just, whatever. And an individual come on. I can't give you the details. This individual came by. And God just opened up the door. She was a waitress. And she just began to share her story. And I began to witness to her. She comes to this church some. And she just, and I just knew God was going to do something. So as I left the restaurant, she just grabbed me. And she said, will you pray with me? I said, Absolutely. And I'm going to meet with her. And she poured her heart out there. Now, you believe that's by accident? No, people are hurting. And they're expecting you to open your heart. When I walked out of there, I went, unbelievable. Impossible, God. I changed the time. had to go early. It wasn't even there. The guy that was, I was with was way at the back. I never sit at that place. Here we are. And I started the conversation with, you look like somebody that's one of our people here at church. And it wasn't her, it was somebody. And that's how the conversation, I had no idea she even came. And she had, as she looked at me, she went, whoa, Pastor Mark. She didn't even know initially it was me. What do you expect? Dude, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. If you've been coming to this church more than three weeks... Why do you have to raise your hand for a Bible? Do you mean you don't read one the rest of the week? Well, what kind of faith will you have? Great. Notice, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You see, this is a church that believes in the Word of God. But you have to believe it for you. You have to change. You have to expect God. You can pray for tomorrow for God to open a door. This Christmas thing, this could turn Brevard County upside down. You say, well, you're too excited about it. You better believe I am because that's the heart of God. We're going to just sit here and go, hey, it's another Christmas, nice Christmas Eve. It's another Friday night, Saturday. It's cool. Let's see, what kind of Christmas I get? Give me a honey ham for the thing. What is that all about? People are dying, going to hell, and we're talking about honey ham. I have nothing against honey ham. If you own the store, don't write me. <laughs> They're good. They're sliced easy. It's wonderful. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Notice what this says. Without faith, it's impossible to please me, God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Beth Moore says, we, we believe in God, but we don't believe God. The rest of it says, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And you never open your Bible? You never go to our devotional page? We have devotions for you every day. And you expect to have an exciting life? Impossible. Ventures of faith. I challenge you this morning. Step out. Be all that God wants you to be. Well, the next story, we see God's power not over disease and distance, but God's power over mother-in-laws. <laughs> I'm sorry. Two husbands were talking, and one said to the other, My mother-in-law is an angel. The friend replied, You're lucky. Mine's still alive. <laughs> Matthew 8, verse 14. Husbands, be careful. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law... Lying in bed with a fever. I'm going to make a statement and no comment. Peter was married. You think about that. Peter's mother-in-law had a fever. 
In biblical days, the people thought fever was a disease. Well, we know that's not true. We know that fever is a symptom of a disease, something wrong in the body. Well, here we are again, women, basically second-class citizens, and another person with a disease, an untouchable. What would Jesus do? Verse 15, he touched her hand, the fever left her. She got up and began to wait on him. You see, the religious said, don't touch, unclean. Jesus wasn't into religion. He loved touching people. He touched her, the fever left her immediately. She got up and began to serve. Incredible. From leprosy to a fever. Doesn't matter. To paralysis. Verse 16. When evening came, now we see God's power over demons. We'll have more to say about that next week. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word. And he healed how many? All of them. You say, wow. Why did he do that? Look at verse 17, underscore the first four words. This was to, what, fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. So again, we see the main focus on this whole passage is one thing. Jesus was showing love in action because he was saying to them, I am this Messiah, the Messiah of the Old Testament. 700 years before, Isaiah had said, you see it on the overhead, surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we were considered stricken by God, smitten by him, afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Let me make a couple statements. You see, all sickness is caused by sin directly or indirectly. When man was created in the garden, there was no sickness. There was no death. There was no sin. But when sin entered, disease and death came with it. So what happened on the cross was that when Jesus came and he died, you just read it, what was going to happen, by his wounds we will be healed. On the cross, when Jesus died, sin and sickness and death were all defeated. All defeated. Okay? Now, here we are, 2,000 years later, we're Christians. Sin, if you're a Christian this morning, do... Does anybody hear sin? A couple of us. The rest of you are liars. We all do. <laughs> we still sin, right? What happened on the cross? He broke the power of sin. I don't have to give in to sin. I do because I still have that old sin nature that I battle with, but I don't have to. That's what Romans 6, 7, and 8 is about. I still have to worry with sin. What about sickness? Well, God still heals. You'll see that in a moment. But do we still get sick? We'll talk about that in a moment. How many of you, unless the rapture comes, will die? Just turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to die. Go ahead, just, just tell them. It's exciting, isn't it? Well, that means... You know, the latest statistics, I got them off the USA Today. 100 out of 100 die. (laughs) So what do we mean by that? 
If that's true, Pastor Mark, if, if sin was gotten rid of, if sickness was gotten rid of, if death was gotten rid of, what does that mean for us today? Does this guarantee healing for every believer? Eventually. When will sin, sickness, and death be all done away with? When will that happen? When you go to heaven. And the reason is because not only is the power of sin broken, but in heaven there is no sin. So if there's no sin, just follow me through, it's not hard. There'll be absolutely no sickness. And if there's no sickness, there's no there's no death. So between now and heaven, we still sin, we still get sick, and we're going to die. So what about this physical healing? Does God still heal today? Well, we have we have two camps basically. And some of you are in those camps. The first camp is this. You'll hear people teach that God heals everybody every single time. And if you're not healed, it's a lack of faith. Either yours or the person praying for you. That's the faith movement. We hear that. So in other words, if I have a sickness, it's because I haven't had enough faith. Christians don't get sick. That's horrible doctrine. Let me tell you why. Because it leaves people condemned. I just had a case again. I've been doing this for 50 years. It happens over and over and over. Just a case in this last service. People come up to me crying. A relative of theirs died years ago. And the church where they were going to said, the reason the person died, you didn't have enough faith to heal them. Devastating. What kind of condemnation is that? So it's garbage teaching. It's ridiculous. You'll hear it all the time. It's the prosperity stuff. No sickness. No need to be sickness. You got guys got a broken arm, you know, bone sticking out. Are you healed? Oh, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. You're not healed. You're crazy. <laughs> and I don't mean to make fun, but have you ever seen 100% people always healed? Never. Let me show you a couple funny things with this. By the way, I believe in faith. And actually, we should be more over there. If God heals, and you watch those individuals, and they're Christians, they're going to heaven. I'm not trying to make fun of them. I'm just saying, don't listen to the stupid doctrine in that particular case, because it's devastating. Jesus never taught that. If you see him put this on, nobody is ever sick. Well, why did they put those on? Because they're over 40. See, I'm dying right now. So are you. The other thing is, ask them to open their mouth. That's the gold thing over there. Well, that was a cavity and a tooth had to drill it. And some of them might even be a little balding. So that's the stupidity and it's dangerous doctrine. What's the other side? Well, Pastor Mark, we know that Jesus healed in biblical days, but not today. We don't need healing. We... What? Where do you read healing has expired? <laughs> In fact, we read just the opposite. When Jesus left this earth, he said to his disciples, 
carry on my ministry. Look at it. John 14. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Carry on the ministry. Well, part of the ministry was healing. And so in the New Testament church, the book of Acts, you see healing all through the test. All through that testament. Also in the book of James, we're commanded to pray for the sick. So what is the balance? Does God heal everybody and if you don't, it's your faith? No, that's not true. Does God's healing expire in the Old Testament, in the New Testament? It's not for today. No, that's not true. Where's the truth? Right here. And here's the key you need to write down. God does still heal today, but we're subject to his will. He does heal today. Absolutely. Now, Paul and several others in the Bible, Timothy and so forth, they prayed to receive healing, but they didn't. Paul prayed three times for this thorn, this whatever, this eye problem or malaria. We don't know what it was, but here was his answer. After he prayed, finally God said to him, no, I'm not going to heal you. My gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness, so now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may work through me. So sometimes God just doesn't heal. Do we understand that? No, I do not. So here's a question. Should we pray when we pray for people who are sick, if it's God's will? Should you add God's will to it? We know in, the, in, in our Lord's Prayer, it's, your will be done. Well, there's division on that. Lots of people, every time they pray for somebody, they just pray, God, if it's your will, heal this person. And I think that's perfectly fine. What do I do? I don't do that. And let me make two statements. In the book of James, it tells us if we have sin in our life, that could be the reason for the sickness. So let me just say today, if you're sick, one of the reasons could be because there's unforgiveness in your life for somebody. Do you know how many people are on medicines and antidepressants and all kinds, you know, pharmacy is my whole background, all that stuff because they've never forgiven people. And they want to be supernatural healed. No, no, no. God says, you just forgive them, you'll be healed. So that's one thing. The second thing is, if that's not in your life, and you come and want me to pray with you, I'm not special, just like anybody else. But if I pray for you, that's usually what I'll say is, is, is everything all right? Have you asked God to forgive you your sins? Yes, I have. Okay, good. Then I pray for you. Here's the way I pray. God heal them. I expect God to heal them. I just expect God to heal them. And so I pray in faith for God to heal them. Now here's the question. I prayed for people and they've been healed absolutely supernaturally. I prayed for other people and they didn't get healed and they eventually died. So what happens if we pray for people? We know God heals. Absolutely. What if we pray for people and they're not healed? Well, two things that I think you can learn from this morning, then we're going to finish. Number one, keep praying. Persistent prayer. Paul prayed three times before God said no. Of course, they didn't pray anymore. didn't need to. God said, no, you, my power, my grace is sufficient for you. You're going to be left with that. Go for it. Second, keep serving God with joy. Keep serving God with joy. In other words, no bitterness. While you're going through that, you don't see Paul go, well, God said he won't heal me. I'm angry at God now. No, you just keep serving. Let me just give you a, a little background for my wife and myself. You know, we've been married many years, a few days, we've been married 39 years. We've watched in our life God heal supernaturally. How many of you have been instantly supernaturally healed by God? Let me see your hand. Absolutely. Then there's other times that we prayed, 
We're going to get healed. Do you know that you'll hear people say, don't go to the doctor in these way off things because that's a lack of faith. No, that's a lack of stupidity. You pray and then you can still go to the doctor. Doctors heal because they heal through God. Say, Pastor Mark, I don't believe that. Well, you're looking at one. Next month, eight years ago, I went to the hospital for a stress test. I never left the hospital because I had blockages in four arteries. Well, that night the elders came and the pastors came up to Wisnoff and they laid hands on me. And I was believing God. Man, was I believing God. I'd opened the open heart surgery. I knew what was coming. If God didn't, man, I believe in God. God didn't heal me that way. Next morning with surgery, cracked open, replaced four arteries. God healed me through a surgeon. You see, a surgeon can cut and put back marvelously. But after he or she's done, only God finishes the deal. He does it. He finishes. A surgeon that understands will tell you that. They're gifted by God. You say, well, why did God do that? Why did he heal you through a surgeon and didn't heal you supernaturally? I have no idea. But I still believe God heals. And I want to say to you this morning, he left me here so I could just aggravate the tar out of you. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's right. (laughs) I still love you. Let me give you three more things that we're all done. So if you're sick, be prayed for. If you need to go to the doctor, certainly go to the doctor. Take your medicine. I take one medicine, Lipitor. It's all I need. Exercise. Watch your diet. I try to do that. I'm finishing knocking off two more pounds. It's healthy. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. You should watch over your body. But here's the three keys I want to give you, and then we're done. Number one, the most important healing in our lives is spiritual. That's why Jesus didn't focus on just healing. He healed. We pray for the sick, but the most important thing is not physical. It's spiritual. See, I'm sick with sin. You're sick with sin. Unless you get the sin issue healed, doesn't matter how healthier you are when you die, you will die going to hell. Second, all physical healing is temporary. One day you will have something that you will die of. If nothing more than old age, you just die. That's the result of sin. Lazarus was raised from the dead, but later he died. And number three, spiritual healing, it lasts forever. You see, what is God's will? God's will is first that you become a Christian. And the only way you become a Christian is to ask God to come into your life and remove that sin nature. You can't play church. You can't be a Jewish person or a Protestant person, a Catholic person, and say, well, I'm going to heaven because I'm Jew, Protestant, Catholic. No, you're going to go to heaven one way, that you've asked Jesus Christ into your life. So I have one more question for you this morning, for everybody in this room. God still provides healing today. What are you waiting for? If you're here this morning and have never asked Christ to come into your heart and you're playing games with him, stop it. God's will is for you to ask him into your heart, to come in and ask you to forgive you of your sins, to accept him. Each of us has a desire for a world that's filled with peace, health, and prosperity. Due to our fallen nature, we unfortunately lack the capability to overcome the biggest obstacle of all, sin. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us about the remarkable power of the cross and its victory over sin. 
Do the sacrifice of Christ, we learn that the reign of sin and death has met its match. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Whenever we take on a large project or consider making big changes in life, we often consider the cost, investment, and time that that might take. When it comes to discipleship, this wisdom and discernment is absolutely crucial. In our next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us about both of the benefits and the costs of following Christ. In our study, we'll also learn how to recognize the things that can easily distract us from making the best decision in life. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.